good evening. This is uh, Driving Theology. Uh, I think this is going to be perhaps podcast seven or eight. Uh, welcome to all of you who have uh, not yet heard um, or listened to this podcast, and welcome to all of you who have been been supporting me up to this point. Uh, Last week was an eventful week. I uh, was able to uh, go to a missions conference uh, in Yamanashi Prefecture here in Japan, at the foot of Mount Fuji. It's beautiful, uh, very beautiful scenery. The autumn colors colors were in uh, in uh, full array and. Uh, learned a lot about especially discipleship. I would say that's the one takeaway um, that that I got was that discipleship really is what we are mandated to be all about. That That's what Jesus did. He discipled and so we are to be all about discipleship. In my last post uh, I posted about Christian or disciple. Uh, you know, whether 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 you are a Christian or a disciple, I, I think uh, I think it was pretty clear what I was getting at, and uh, so I won't. I'll try not to rehash all of that. So let's assume that you decide that you have decided, as I have, that that discipleship is the path for us and for for Christians in general, and specifically for yourself and in your context. What's the next step? Uh, what's the next step in uh, doing discipleship? Well, uh, I'm sure there'll be different steps for everyone. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the same thing. I'm heading back now to, to our gathering, and hopefully we're going to be able to, to talk about discipleship. And, and my goal from this point is to convince those I am already uh, in close relationship with spiritually to embrace discipleship as as I'm wanting to uh, which might mean a little bit of a re well not really reorganizing because there is no organization our group is quite free freely organized uh, we share uh, responsibilities and even though there aren't many the biggest thing we do is gather we gather and we gather regularly and we spend quite a bit of time together as much as we can uh, sharing. Now we are a bilingual group, which means we we have both English and Japanese speakers, and so uh, whatever we say takes twice as long to say because of translation. Um, but anyway, how to how will you and how will I reorganize into a discipleship uh, model in our context? Well, of course, it depends on your context. What is your context? I, I think uh, Ben Wong's point was that really you can do discipleship in any context. And I think I would add that discipleship is happening in every context uh, for, for the good or for the bad. Uh, I think discipleship is probably something that in a sense, is close to the human heart. Um, we are first discipled by our parents. Later, we are discipled by 
in more, you know, more or less ways, maybe in certain arenas or, or areas of our life, we're discipled by the stronger, uh, more popular personalities, whether that's a popular kid in your school or a uh, teacher, uh, somebody on a sports team that you look up to. Um, we're all being discipled in, in some way. So how do we, how do we create the, in our context, again, the biblical model uh, that Jesus instituted? The good thing is, Jesus did not leave a method behind as far as laying out a how-to manual. Uh, that's both good and bad. It's it's good because it it makes us really search the scriptures and search them deeply for clues as to what was uh, important to Jesus in the way that he uh, did discipleship. Uh, and also, there's there's going to be some freedom there because you know we're we are in a different culture, in a different language, uh, in a different time period. Uh, historically speaking, and and so what Jesus did in his context, in his time period, and in his culture, and in his language, may not work perfectly with us. So, personally, I, I'm grateful that Jesus did not leave a you know very specific um, model because were he to do that, I think uh, we would have really legalized, you know, made a legalistic system around what Jesus did. And I think that that uh, goes against uh, everything Jesus stood for in that he wanted the law to be so natural, to come so natural to us that it's said to be written on our hearts. And so if that's the case and discipleship is what Jesus wanted us to be about, in his way, whatever that is, um, then it should come from within us. There should be some instincts if we are uh, listening to the Spirit. And if uh, you want some ideas on how to listen to the Spirit, you might check out my first podcast. Uh, I'm still learning, and and there's a book coming out by Frank Foley next year about that that I'm looking forward to. Um, So, how to... Do discipleship in your context. And and, and again, I'm brainstorming. I I don't plan these podcasts. I I read books. I, you know, listen to some lectures, whether whether they're live or on YouTube. And I really try to uh, immerse myself in multiple trustworthy sources. And then in, in this, you know, in the during these recording sessions, I try to kind of brainstorm and dig into uh, into my mind and find what I've learned and kind of assemble it. So this is just a brainstorming session, basically, as all of these have been based on some of the reading and research I've done. So let's brainstorm how to do it in different contexts. Uh, assuming you are in institutionalized Christianity, organized Christianity, or whatever you'd like to call it, um, discipleship is still a very doable thing because, as uh, Paul Medeiros said, 
Discipleship equals time spent together. If there is someone who you think the Lord is calling you to disciple, step one is just to start spending time together. Uh, I, I think I think that's a good way. I, I think it's difficult to disciple intentionally anyone with whom you don't have a relationship. So, you know, if you have somebody that you think you are called to uh, to help out and to speak into and to disciple, to make to make a more effective disciple of Jesus or a, a truer disciple or a better disciple, whatever. A happier disciple, whatever, whatever you'd like to call them. And I think, first of all, making an appointment to, to meet with them and talk to them and, and try to, if possible, get that meeting to where it is a regular thing. Um, and as your relationship grows, become more intentional. One of the ways that Ben Wong uh, described the way that he intentionally disciples was to get together with the person he is discipling and to, to make a set of goals that represent the direction that a, a disciple wants to, to go in their life. Uh, and he said this as, you know, begin with the end in mind. So, now I think you can do this pretty much in any context. Meet with a, a good a Christian friend, or even a non-Christian friend. Build a relationship move into meeting regularly and then try to establish a more intentional uh, discipleship relationship, a discipling relationship uh, with you as the, the discipler and with your friend as the disciple. Uh, now, some pitfalls in, in uh, organized church will be when this disciple is being intensely discipled and they talk to, for example, a pastor or a leader in the church, there can be some backlash because uh, oftentimes, depending on which which uh, denomination you are in, generally pastors want to be the disciples. They want to have uh, and be the professional input into people's lives. So when you when you start uh, discipling, or even if you have started converting or baptizing people in your church, and you are just uh, laity, just one of the members, you may have already experienced backlash, as, as I have. Uh, it didn't stop me uh, because in my context, uh, really, the there's very little uh, recourse or precedent for you know, quieting people or, you know, people who you might deem unqualified. But you may indeed experience a little backlash for discipling without the permission of, of the uh, pastor or the board of elders or whatever. So that's a possible pitfall. Um, now, your, your goal as a discipler is to make disciples who disi- disciple disciples. <laughs> to make disciples, who disciple disciples, to disciple, to disciple more disciples. It's very difficult to say. Uh, and you can look at first, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy 2.2. And I'll paraphrase it. Uh, Paul says, choose 
men and teach them what I have taught you. Teach teach people who I have teach people what I have taught you who are able to teach. <laughs> That's not quite right, but anyway, if you read 2 Timothy 2:2, 2, 2, uh, you will get the idea. Remember, 2:2:2, 2, 2, 2, uh, 2 Timothy 2:2 2, 2 is uh, a great example of Paul uh, who discipled Timothy, telling Timothy to choose people to disciple who are able to disciple, who are able to pass on what Timothy has been taught by Paul. Uh, so in any context, uh, you can you can start this. Uh, for myself, being in a more of a organic or house church or whatever you like to call it model, uh, not having any titled or prof- professional clergy, uh, I think it's a much simpler thing. And, and actually, I can I can identify that it's already happening in our context, just not quite as intentional as I'd like it. So tonight in our meeting, hopefully, I will be able to instill the desire to be a little bit more intentional in the way that we do discipleship. Um, intentional discipling. Uh, there are things that, you know, I worry about. I worry about ages because, as you know, the age of a disciple is not always a good indicator of where their spiritual maturity is. So if you've got older people but who are uh, spiritually less mature than younger people, then you know, you're going to have to figure out and decide just how that's going to work out uh, or whether it will. something we, we will have to look at in our group. Um, uh, what other contexts might there be? You have institutional churches, you have uh, organic churches, a cell church. A lot of cell churches are probably already based on a discipleship model. Uh, cell church or church planting movements. I, I really think discipleship works really in every single model. It's just a matter of whether the leadership in those churches are comfortable with uh, their members freely discipling other members. Um, And again, I'll tell you, I think it's happening already for the good or for the bad. I I think um, we all look up to people and respect certain people for whatever reasons. You know, when I was... When I was in high school, man, I, I had a big-time man crush on Larry Bird of the Boston Celtics. And so uh, I tried to emulate some of his moves. Uh, I liked to shoot the three-pointer the three-pointer like Larry Bird. Of course, I was a very short player, and I, I'm, I'm not a very good basketball player, um, except when I play with uh, elementary school kids. But still, in high school, I tried to be, and I really, really enjoyed playing basketball. And, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed doing was wearing the same shoes that Larry Bird wore. So in a sense, at least as far as basketball goes, passively at least, from a distance, Larry Bird somewhat discipled me. I tried to emulate his moves. I tried to wear his shoes. Uh, I, I was became a fan of his team. Not the other way around. I, I was a fan of Larry Bird before the Celtics came, came along. 
so, you know, we are all being discipled by someone. Uh, that's my guess, anyway. I, I don't know data to back that up, but I think we probably are. Uh, if you are a church leader, if you are a pastor, chances are you are teaching as opposed as opposed to discipling. Now, of course, teaching is in discipling. Uh, all discipling is teaching, but not all, not all teaching is discipling. And I think the difference there is time spent together. Uh, ben Wong, ben Wong uh, pointed out that, especially in Asia, and he is he is of course uh, Chinese uh, from Hong Kong. He said that discipling must be in a one-on-one context. He says nothing else works. And he, he pointed out that especially with men, men do not like to open up in small groups. Uh, a small group is still too big for a man to open up. And even if a man is one-on-one uh, with uh, a teacher, a discipler, it still may take, take some time before we open up. But certainly, the best chance you have to go deep with a man is going to be one-on-one. Uh, to to go deep into their lives and to discover uh, just what the needs are, the spiritual, emotional, and even physical needs, uh, which men are so good at covering up. Um, so, you know, for for pastors and preachers and church leaders, you know, I think you should be discipling. And I think it's a shame if you are not, but, you know, don't despair. It's, it's a simple, again, it's a simple thing. Time spent together. And don't think that you can disciple your entire congregation. Jesus couldn't handle more than, more than 12, possibly 15 or 20. Uh, and he really only worked on three intensively. The three and the 12 uh, were his, his target. But the three were the most important to him. So don't think that as a pastor, I don't, it doesn't matter if your church is 50, 100, or 3,000 members, you're not going to be able to disciple them all. But wow, there's so much you can do. You can start discipling people to disciple people, and pretty soon you can have your entire congregation who are assembling together in a discipleship relationship with somebody being discipled and discipling now as the pastor your your challenge is going to be someone to disciple you uh, and and as the uh, as as the you know leader of my uh, my group as one of the leaders certainly, uh, that's my challenge, right? Who's who's going to disciple me? And everybody needs to be in a disciple relationship. You need to be discipled in order to disciple. And so about two or three months ago, I entered into a discipleship relationship with a spirit life coach who lives in Singapore. So we, we are doing this by Skype. Once every two weeks, we have an hour or so lesson, uh, well, I say lesson, session, I guess is the better word, uh, to where I share to him what's going on in my life, and he 
tries to find out just where the Spirit is talking to me and leading me and help me understand that and see that, and then to to help me formulate goals uh, which to pursue for the next, you know, couple weeks until we meet again. And so I have to submit to, to Him somewhat. And I have to admit, you know, at this point it's still very early in our relationship. It's, it's quite a... Um, probably still a light relationship uh, but I, I am certainly interested in, interested in it going deeper at some point um, I need somebody to to speak into my life who I trust and who again who has been discipled or is being discipled um, and with you know technology today wow the, the sky is the limit uh you know, we, we can study online, we can have lessons online, we can, uh, you know, have video tele, uh, telephone conversations, uh, and really, you know, nothing, I suppose nothing beats a face-to-face uh, meeting and a heart-to-heart meeting, but that's the thing, even on Skype, you can go heart-to-heart. It's challenging and you have to learn to do it, uh, but you can do that. Uh, so as a as a pastor or a preacher or a leader in your church, seek out someone who will speak the truth of Jesus into your life and start discipling you. And then don't hesitate right away to start pouring into a few uh, people's lives. And pretty soon, uh, I think you will see your entire congregation in a discipleship structure. And I think you will see vast improvement uh, in the rate at which your congregation grows spiritually. Um, I'm excited about this. I, I'm excited about the possibilities in our group. I, I, uh, I think that, um, again, it's a, it's a given, right? I mean, <laughs> Jesus said, go and make disciples. Baptizing them teaching them to obey. He never said to plant churches. He never said to build church buildings. Uh, he never said not to, right? Never said not to. Um, so, you know, maybe we will build a church building or, or plant churches, but we do know that what he did say is to make disciples. So if we are not making disciples, we are not in obedience the call of Jesus uh, and each of us needs to reevaluate why it is we're not discipling and then take take the first steps make that phone call you know make that call to uh, a person that probably God has already put in your life and has given you some kind of influence uh with them. I hesitate to say over them because that sounds manipulative, but there are people in your life who will listen to you, who appreciate what you have to say, appreciate your insights, and, and will take them to heart. God is God is putting those people there for you. Uh, it is a big responsibility to, to disciple people, to make disciples of Jesus. It's a very big responsibility. You may be afraid that you, you might do it wrong, that you might go wrong. 
might lead somebody down the wrong path. You might be afraid that people won't listen. Or you might be afraid that people will find out uh, some of the hidden secret things in your life. Uh, I share those fears. I share those fears. But I hope we share a realization that we are called to make disciples. That's all. You know, are you are you a believer? Are you a believer in Jesus? If you are a believer in Jesus, you are called to make it, make disciples. Discipleship making disciple making is never listed as a, a special gift. Right? Evangelism, yes, that's listed. Uh, hospitality is listed. Tongues, prophecy, healing, wisdom, all listed. Uh, disciple making is was the mandate to all of Jesus' disciples. And he, he never indicated that there might be disciples who are not disciple making disciples. That there might be uh, people who just attend and uh, sing real well. The indication is that disciples are to be making disciples. So if you are a disciple, your mandate is to make disciples. And if I'm wrong about that, uh, I I uh, ask you to point it out to me, and I will I will read what you have to say carefully. And uh, yeah, I would love to uh, to be wrong because it's 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 not an easy thing. It's it's a very daunting task to be a disciple maker and to enter into those kinds of close relationships, to have that kind of responsibility for people. But in the end, we're making disciples of Jesus, not of ourselves. And, and Jesus bears the responsibility because it is his command we are uh, following when we make disciples. Therefore, he bears the responsibility. Uh couple of a couple of uh, points and I'll be done uh, just quick points if you are afraid to enter into a discipleship relationship pray about it uh, pray about it pray that that you will have the uh, peace uh, that only Jesus can give about the decision because there really isn't any more any other decision uh, if you think you are inadequate, you think you are not ready again the, the responsibility of that falls on Jesus he told us to make disciples uh, I really don't see any, any other way around it uh, now I don't I don't as long as you are a believer in Jesus a committed believer in Jesus that you are committed you have committed your life to him whether uh, you know you believe that's through baptism as I do uh um, it really, really doesn't matter. But if you, you know, I think we should, we should try to, of course, do things in the best way possible. Um, but here's the thing. If you are a believer, despite your spiritual level of maturity, you have been commanded by Jesus Christ in more than one place to be a disciple maker. 
So I, I pray that you will embark on this, that you will not shirk your duties and responsibility, but you will start pouring the love of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus, and the knowledge of Jesus, and the presence of Jesus into someone's life. And I know you will be blessed by that decision. Uh, and I know that many people will be blessed because you've decided to do that. Uh, let us enter this uh, humbly and uh, without reservation. Uh, keep your number low. Don't, don't go too wide. As uh, somebody once told me, uh, narrow and deep is what Jesus did, and that's what we should do. Go narrow and deep. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, for... In order to make sure that we're discipling in, in ways that Jesus did, I, I think you should stay grounded in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and I, I think also Acts is a good place to go. Don't go, don't go anywhere before you've really immersed yourself in the Gospels. Once you've immersed yourself in, in the Gospels, then you will see the, what Jesus mandated in the Gospels happening all through the epistles. Uh, if not, you, you, may, you may read, uh, have misconceptions about what the epistles say if you don't first read them through the lens of Jesus uh, in the Gospels. So... Jesus is our model on how to speak truth into people's lives, uh, how to be a servant to people, not a boss, uh, not a lord, uh, not even a master. We have one master, and that's Jesus. But to make disciples is to really to be Jesus in people's lives. Uh, we are in a sense, a surrogate for him. We are a very good surrogate because we have his spirit living in, within us, guiding us, who is able to guide us to all truth. Uh, so I'm going to leave it here. Uh, I pray that you have caught the bug, that you have uh, understood that it doesn't matter who you are, that if you belong to Jesus, you are a disciple maker. So let's all be functioning disciple makers. Have a great day. Bye-bye.